Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tree City Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Baker, here as usual with my co-host, Graham Moen. Another victory! And... Yeah! Look, guys, the Cardiac Kids are back. I don't think it's sacrilegious to say that. Baker Mayfield's a good quarterback. The Browns have played four overtime games in five weeks. (laughs) The other game was a two-touchdown comeback. They won by four points. Their largest margin of... Victory or defeat was four points. Everything else is three or less. No, it's been three every game and then zero when we tied. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, like I said, we have a good quarterback. There's big plays. There's chaos. There's confusion. There's winning. There's losing. The Browns have 12 plays at 20 or more yards this year. There's a little bit of everything. Um, The cardiac kids are back. And watching the Browns is fun again. And, you know. You at least go into watching the game thinking – hey, we might actually win this game, as opposed it's, to let's just get this over well, with. Well, last week I said I didn't think the Browns would win, but I said if they did, it's a big win for the team, and I stand by it. It was a hell of a way to win with two seconds left in overtime. That game felt like it was never going to end. It by felt, the way, the field goal made it by about oh nothing, like yeah. three inches. Deflected field goal. I mean, it's just... After review, actually, ugh. there was no deflection. He just kicked the ball really badly. Well, the Ravens said he, he deflected it. I don't know. I'm sure they thought that so. I don't know. I hope for Greg Joseph was deflected because he looks shaky as hell, but that's another subject. We missed another extra point. For God's sake. This is not hard. He's Anyways. Sh- he's probably on a short leash, honestly. Whatever. All right. Um, not whatever if the Browns keep having to play games that are decided by three points. Yeah. This, it's just the cardiac kids are back, and it's fun. Yeah, it is. Um, we'll start with the offense again this week. Uh, Baker Mayfield looked good again. What did you see specifically out of him, Graham? I think Baker Mayfield is just showing more and more that no matter what happens to him in a game, that even if they haven't been playing well most of the game, he will always rally the team and make big throws. It just depends on the receivers actually catching the ball. A lot of other drop passes today. So a lot of that wasn't on Baker. His completion percentage actually adjusted without all the drops. is like 75% according to Pro Football Focus. That's insane. So, I mean, he's making good passes that are catchable balls and his receivers are just dropping them. So, I mean, he's making the plays he's supposed to. He's, he might already be the best offensive player on the Browns team. Escapability. Yeah. I mean, this week we saw that probably the most out of any of his uh, games so far where he was getting pressured because of the defensive ends from the Ravens, just pushing the offensive lineman back. We will get to it a little bit later, but that might be, there might be time for some serious concern with Chris Hubbard, especially because of the amount we paid him in the offseason. He hasn't looked that great. Yeah, he had a good game last week. Yeah, but that was against not that great of pass rushers. So yeah. the Ravens were a big test the for Ravens, the Browns. Are, yeah, I was going to say, the Ravens are a really good defensive team. Yeah. And they're a tough test. So I don't, I'm not shocked that the Browns' offensive line struggled a little bit. Um, but Mayfield looked but really in the, good. I w- and also, I will also say, the offensive line did pretty good run blocking. So They did. They were running the ball well. They got a lot of chunk plays. And even Carlos Hyde, his, he was only averaging 3.7 yards a carry. But a lot of that was because some if they didn't get good run blocking, they got pushed back immediately. How many sacks would Tyrod Taylor have given up this week? I mean, we would have lost this game by a pretty su- substantial margin. Tyrod Taylor would have been sacked eight times today. This, this probably would have been like a 20, Sunday. 21 to 6 game. Because the defense would have played well, and it just wouldn't have mattered. But, the, I mean, the offense, like Andrew said, leading the NFL in rushing, which for the last two years with Hugh Jackson, we've heard him preach, we're going to run the football a lot, we're going to run the football a lot, and then Every he just doesn't. Every coach ever says that. And, and then he doesn't, and then we pass the ball 60-some percent of the time, both years in a row with young quarterbacks, where it's just not going to work. 
or one with Josh McCown who gets broken in half. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Uh, I mean, Chubb didn't really do anything. I think he had what three carries for two yards after he yeah, had three he carries for 105. I mean, getting three carries, yeah. you're, you can only sustain so much production. He obviously wasn't going to a- average. 50 yards. Yeah, Haley said he was going to get him more involved, but I think he got stuffed a couple times and they kind of just moved away from him. And Carlos Hyde was breaking a lot of tackles. Carlos Hyde has been really solid. The way they've used him now, especially because Baker operates so well with the shotgun, that's mm-hmm. good for Carlos Hyde because that's where he's most comfortable. Yeah, and Hyde's a good it's Hyde's a good uh, pass blocker. Yeah. For the most part. The one thing I want him to stop doing is stop. If they're going to run t- sweep pass, sweep plays, don't use Carlos Hyde for any of that stuff. Yeah. He's not an east-west runner. Obviously, you can't just run those plays when Duke Johnson or Nick Chubb is in the game, but don't use those plays at all with him. They don't work. He always tries to. He always breaks one tackle and then gets tackled for like a two-yard loss. Yeah, he doesn't have the quickness to get outside yeah, a lot of times. That's, he doesn't have a Duke Johnson or Nick yeah. Chubb type of explosiveness. He's a north-south bruiser runner where when he gets when he gets hit once, he can't churn his legs and gain you an extra two or three yards. He did that a bunch in this Browns game where he was stopped for like a two yard gain. And then he got pushed forward both by his own legs and with help from his offensive line blocking and got like a six or seven yard gain. Those second and eights become second and manageables for Baker Mayfield. Also one thing um, that was important to note, this was a division game against the Ravens and the Browns won. Okay. So the Browns defeated in the division, the Browns won a home game and they won a division game, and those are things they have. First time in like three years. Yeah, they won a home division game. Um, th- look, the Browns have lost the Ravens so many freaking times. To see them actually go out there and win is nice. Anyways, um, back to the running game. I mean, look, Baker Mayfield's doing things that no Browns quarterback, a lot of Browns quarterbacks have not done almost ever. Um, Especially since with the comeback in 1999. Except for Derek Anderson, who just signed with the uh, Buffalo Bills. Um, <laughs> He's kind of like the perfect guy for Josh Allen. To be a backup. Yeah, he's like Josh Allen with no athleticism at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I was glad to see the Browns got Duke Johnson a little more involved. Um, I, You know, I've been saying it for weeks, and I know you agree with me, and everyone yeah. does. Um, I think, especially in the two-minute drill, Duke Johnson can be a weapon because later on in the game, when a defense is more tired, Duke Johnson's quickness can be a really big asset. I think kind of Hyde chugging along early in the game and Duke Johnson, you know, breaking tackles later in the game can be a good game plan going forward. Because he's strong, plus, too. He's not just fast. Oh, yeah. And plus, um, Baker Mayfield looks extremely comfortable in the two-minute drill with an up-tempo offense. That's what he did in college. Yeah, in Oklahoma, it make, it that's makes what sense. he did. It seems like Baker is by far the most comfortable in the shotgun and in, in the two-minute offense, or at least in a hurry-up or no-huddle well, offense. Well, it's a simplified thing with the offense yeah. in two-minute drills. You simplify yeah. the offense. The defensive schemes are going to be not as exotic because they don't have the time to call those plays, so yep. they have to run something simple. It's yep. just that's where you find the open windows, and that's where Baker Mayfield was successful at Oklahoma where the windows were bigger, now he's doing it with the windows becoming a lot smaller. And I think that's one of the reasons the Browns have been so, you know, exciting of late is mm-hmm. because, you know, Baker Mayfield right now is not an elite NFL quarterback, you know, for the entire game. But when it comes time to, okay, you've got two and a half minutes to go 60 yards or whatever, when it's time to, to hurry up, no huddle, et cetera, Baker Mayfield really excels. So whenever the Browns need, you know, important plays late in the game or late in the half, that's when Baker Mayfield's really been able to step up because he feels comfortable in that offense. I mean, two-minute drill in overtime, game-winning drive, where this kind of goes with our next topic, the double reverse that they ran to Rod Streeter that lost 11 yards. That was horrible. I think that Todd Haley continues to do a pretty good job, and I think he has definitely more more creative play calling than the Browns have had in previous seasons, but he's got to stop with these 
Like he thinks too much. Sometimes. Like last, yeah, like last week we said, you know, he's got to stop doing cheeky little plays in the goal line. This time it's backed up in your own territory. You run a double reverse, and it's like, and dude, lose eleven yards. It, yeah, and that, but after that loss, where it looked like, oh crap, the Browns are going to have to punt again. The Ravens are going to win this game. Freaking, freaking Baker Mayfield. That was a great. And play. my boy Willie's <laughs> took over Baker with that. Excellent play avoiding rushers. Baker Mayfield avoided rushers and then did not set his feet at all on the run. Just an absolute laser. I like Willie's a lot. So for those who of you who don't know, um, Hollywood Higgins, who's been the Browns, you know, number two or three receiver, depending on the moment. And Baker Mayfield's favorite target because they worked together so much in the offseason. Yes. Higgins is now hurt. It's a minor injury, thankfully. Um, But Derek Willie stepped up, man. Yeah, uh, he's we needed si- him too. He's six four. He's athletic. I really like him. Um, I mean, he was a preseason darling, and a lot of guys in the preseason look good against inferior competition. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, but he's got the size and the athleticism to play in the NFL. And the Browns had to trust him to go out there, and he had some not just that catch, a couple other really big catches late yeah. in the game. I mean, he no, he was impressive. He was really important to the Browns winning that game, and I think that. I think a few things here. I think Higgins has been stepping up and showing that he's a legitimate NFL receiver. He's very, yeah, he's very dependable. He doesn't yeah. drop a lot of passes. Yep. I think Willie's... Scored the touchdown. I think we're going to see what, what happens with Willie's the next couple weeks. But I think that the Browns, so far, there have been drops issues. And there have, there has been a learning curve. Antonio Callaway. Yeah, we'll talk about Callaway in a minute. But I do think the Browns, so far, have been, you know rewarded for their decision to not sign a veteran receiver. I'm not saying a Des Bryant or maybe Richard Matthews couldn't help. I think Richard Matthews is probably more realistic at this point. Right. But I think that with Higgins playing the way he was playing, with Willie's looking like he could step up a little bit, I think that the need for a veteran receiver is lessened. Um, Callaway, who you just mentioned, you know, he's been up and down. We discussed it last week. His concentration issues are his biggest issue, yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, he, he's, he's had problems catching the it's ball. It's attention to detail sometimes on his routes where he had one play in the game where he ran a go route and it was clear it was going to him, but instead of going more inside and trying not to pin himself to the sideline, he pinned himself to the sideline and it made it so it was an impossible throw for Baker Mayfield to make, and it could have been picked off. Luckily, he threw it far enough ahead that the safety couldn't get it, but... Those type of little things, attention to detail in your routes, and he always tries to run with the ball before he catches the ball. It is so frustrating to see him get open, make the right decision, and then just he gets so excited or amped up to make a play that he just forgets the ball. Like, look in the, if you have to look in the football to catch it and cost yourself a couple yards, that's fine. Just get that seven or eight yards that you have and move on. You don't have to. He needs to learn that. And part of this is because he didn't play last year. Big plays every. You're not going to make a big play every single time. You have to be willing to take those. In the NFL, especially nowadays, eight to ten to twelve yard plays. Those are going to be there for the taking because people are terrified of his speed mm-hmm. and you beating him over the top, and then be, him beating you over the top. Yeah, I think I think it was good that he played less this week. We definitely said last week that needed to happen. And that's know. why I think a veteran receiver maybe would make more sense. Yeah. Cause as much as I was very impressed with Derek Willies and I think he deserves a bigger role. You don't want to put all of it on him, especially with Higgins yeah, out. And I guess, then maybe even make Damian Ratley have to play I guess, someone that's not ready. I guess what I'm saying is 
the Browns are definitely one injury away from needing serious help at wide receiver. And, yeah. I, and I would be okay with bringing in a veteran as insurance now. But I'm also okay with letting the young guys learn right now because I've seen enough from these guys. Callaway has definitely had his issues, as you just outlined. I think the Browns could do more kind of like bubble screen type action with Callaway. And I know I'm saying that we should run screens, which we're horrible at and thankfully have gone away from. Or they could steal but the Ohio the, State I mean, screens. Think, think about this. The Browns have Willies. They've got Jarvis Landry. They've got Higgins. Normally, those are those guys are all pretty solid blockers. If if not like with with Willie's size, I'm just assuming that because he's big. I think they could run and, a lot. And Jarvis of, yeah. Landry's a good a good blocker. I think Callaway could get maybe getting the ball into his hands in a more simple fashion and letting him make a play because he's he's had a lot of downfield opportunities, which I think will definitely be his expertise. Yeah. But I think maybe building his confidence back up with some short passes where he can create with the ball in his hand would be a good idea. Which he's also good with. Yeah. And it's just like the Browns could run – like Ohio State runs these plays where the screen where they'll have their receivers block on the outside and they'll bring someone from the out either the outside part of the receiving thing or the second guy in a bunch formation and bring them back, have them catch the ball, and then you have two guys blocking. The Browns could easily do that with Antonio Callaway and have Willies and uh, Landry ahead of him and then have even Njoku go out and block because Njoku's a big body. He's a pretty decent blocker now. He's not amazing, but he's – average and then you get those guys out and that could really allow Callaway to do what one of the things he does best create yards after the play but it doesn't he's not gonna be able to do that until he learns to get his concentration issues under control he needs to be on those jug machines he needs to be working with Baker Mayfield look the ball in when you catch it catch it with two hands don't look up the field when you're catching the ball because most players will drop that pass when they're looking at the field to make a play. I get that you want to make a play. Take the seven yards. Don't try to go for 40 every time. Yeah, he's definitely a work in progress. And he's um, a fourth-round pick, and he missed a year, so it's expected. One part of the Browns that is not a work in progress as much, but took a – a so last week the Browns' defense took a big step back in the Raiders game. Yeah. I think Derek Carr carved them up in the second yeah, half. I think we said that a lot of that was fatigue, but a lot of that was just the fact the Browns were getting beat – um, and, you know, they missed a lot of tackles uh, on Marshawn Lynch. This week, the Browns' defense played about as well as you can expect a defense to play. I think um, we saw Miles Garrett snaps. He had been playing 96% of snaps this season, which is an insane amount that should never be played by anyone uh, who's, a quarterback. Who, who's an edge rusher. Yeah. He played 87% this week. That's better um, I think it's good the Browns kind of recognize they can't just gas their pass rushers early, especially when Garrett's especially there. Especially Garrett and Okunjobi. Especially Ga- that Garrett is kind of their main number one pass rusher right now. Yeah. Um, we said that the secondary could be a huge issue. We mm-hmm. said that John Brown has been roasting teams deep. He could do that again to the Browns. That didn't happen. That's because they did what I was hoping they would do is put Denzel Ward on him. Yeah. And EJ Gaines, who stepped in for the injured Terrence Mitchell, who's out with a broken wrist. We were really worried about number two yeah. corner this week. Because EJ Gaines didn't play that well he when stepped he up. replaced Terrence Mitchell last week. He stepped up. But yeah, this week he was impressive against Michael Crabtree. Michael Crabtree had a case of the drops, which he's had a lot of his career. He has not always been the most consistent catcher of the football. But EJ Gaines really played him well in coverage. They really did a good job of staying in Crabtree's hip pocket, and then when they switched occasionally, when they had John Brown on EJ Gaines, or and then they had Miles, and then they had Denzel Ward on Michael Crabtree, it really scared Crabtree because Crabtree just wasn't feeling confident making his plays, and Denzel Ward was a big part of that. I think pe- teams 
We've even seen early enough now. They don't want to throw at him. And if EJ Gaines is going to play this Denzel Ward had what? Three more pass deflections? Yeah, and interception in the red zone. Yeah, he's... The Ravens were driving down Denzel about to Ward's score. a star. Yeah. Denzel Ward is a... He's like Marshawn Lattimore last we're, year. We're only a third of the way through the season, and he will have a bad game at some point. It will happen. Yeah. That said, he's a serious contender for rookie of the year. Yeah, defense. him and defense, defensive rookie of the year right now is like... Yeah. There's only two or th- there's probably three guys that are worth it right now. Maybe four, depending on how you look at it. I won't go in the names right now. We'll get that as the season goes along. But Derwin James, Tampa Bay safety. Derwin James, yeah. Darius Leonard from the Colts, yeah. Tremaine Edmonds of the Bills. Lots of guys yeah. that are b- played well. But point is, one Ward is near the top of that list right now. Ward got drafted at number four overall, which we said before. They passed on a pass rusher to take him, an undersized corner, and he's played lights out. He has not had a bad game yet he's given and the touchdowns he's given up have been on perfect coverage like you just can't beat as a cornerback he was great against the Ravens yeah and he luckily he wasn't playing a AJ Green or a Antonio Brown this or Michael Thomas this time he yeah. could just focus on staying with his man like John Brown because he has similar speed to John Brown and just stick in his hip pocket, prevent John Brown from making the big downfield plays, which he did a couple times, breaking up passes. Yeah, Flacco was like, what, 27 of 48 or something? Flacco was bad. And yeah. he, had he, looked really, rattled, yeah. he had looked really good most of this year. Yeah. This Ravens offense had just beaten up on the Steelers, which Steelers have a bad defense, so that's not really saying much. But that same defense had The Browns have the a Browns better defense times. than the Steelers. Well, at least better def- a better secondary in front. The Browns have a better defense than the Steelers. Probably right now, yeah. Or at least they will be by next year if they're not already. Yeah, it's just it's nice to see like the Ravens really. The Browns put a are number in the, the AFC North race. They're tied with the Steelers for third, legitimately. But the Ravens yeah, but are three and two. Yeah. The Bengals are the class of the division. The Bengals, yeah. So I mean, but regardless, the Browns are no defense, longer a step below the Steelers and Ravens. They're no longer a team that is not capable of playing up to that level. The Browns are the reason that the argument is now being made that the AFC North is the strongest division in the NFL. Yep especially with the down part of the NFC South with the Falcons. Like, there's no easy outs in this division. And now because of the Browns and because of this defense that's able to keep us in games despite our offense struggling at times to put the ball in the end zone. I mean, we didn't even talk about Joe Schobert yet. And Joe Schobert was everywhere. Like, Joe Schobert was breaking up passes in the middle of the field, holding with running backs. Holy cow. Last year, year Joe Schobert was a pro bowler mostly because he had a lot of tackles. Mm -hmm. Um, Joe Schobert is... He's improved a lot. I said before the year that one of my needs could be linebacker because I, I, I wasn't sure about, you know, any of our three linebackers being impact players. But, I mean, Joe Schobert's an animal, dude. He's everywhere. He's his, super athletic. He's, like, his, his, like, on the passing downs, stepping back into coverage, he's deflecting passes like crazy. He hasn't – he has played every single snap the last two years for the Browns. Yeah. He is be, almost becoming one of the leaders – he's becoming one of the leaders of that defense. Kirksey is the captain, but it, it wouldn't surprise me if – Maybe next, even as soon as next year, Schobert takes over the play calling or yeah. takes over the responsibilities of being the quarterback of the defense. He sets things up well. He is able to be where he's supposed to be. He can hang with running backs. He can hang with tight ends. The, for once, the Ravens didn't kill us with tight ends and fullback throws all the time. The Browns did have some tackling issues. But yeah, they missed a lot of tackles. On the whole, the defense still had a great yeah. game. I mean, but TJ Carey missed three tackles. Denzel Ward missed two tackles. EJ Gaines missed three tackles. Schobert missed a couple tackles. Browns, stu- the Browns put their feet in the gra- in the sand when they were backed up, and they made big plays, and they held the Ravens to field goals instead of touchdowns, and that was the biggest difference. The Browns' defense is striking me as 
one of the better pass defenses in the NFL. They are giving they have the second lowest QB rating allowed. There you go. And league. and an average run defense. Yeah. And in I'm not going to say in the modern NFL. I'm not going to do it. You did. Yeah, I'm going to say in today's NFL, being a great pass defense and an average run defense means you're one of the best defenses in the league. Yeah, and getting yeah. pressure with your defensive line like we were able to a few times. This I game. do I do worry a little bit about how they fatigue as the season goes on considering they're playing like four overtime games and a lot of these guys are playing heavy heavy snaps. They have to finish those games yeah. because they're playing an extra 15 snaps, 20 probably not 20 but 15 snaps in overtime. Like that's going to wear on you if you've already played 65 yeah. snaps and you have to go they've played like 80 snaps in a lot of these games because they can't finish games in regulation. It's yep. great that the Browns are, have won two games, but they've played, like we said, four out of five games have been in overtime. Look, dude, it's the cardiac kids. It's not going to be easy. But you have to have – and we don't have the defensive line, quality defensive yep. line depth. We have yep. depth, but they're not – it's not like the Eagles where you can throw a Brandon Graham on the field and Haloti Nada and then Der- Derek Barnett. Like, you don't have that depth. You have to be able to keep Garrett and Larry Okunjobi, who both had good pressures in this game – healthy and part of keeping them healthy is not playing them yeah, and not even just not game. even just healthy just en- energized you know and garrett has an injury history if yeah. you play him like this much he will get hurt eventually yeah. and that's not because i don't think he's an amazing athlete who takes care of his body he plays at 110 percent every single snap i know that's a cliche but he really does he doesn't give up on any play he does give up a lot of offsides penalties, but that's okay. That's because he's so um, gassed, he's trying to jump the snap. Before the year, you said the Browns would win how many games? Five. Before the year, I said the Browns would win how many games? Five. And then once Baker the Browns came in, I said six. The Browns are two and two and one right now. So if the Browns were going to win five games, they would have to go three and seven the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. I think the Browns are better. I think the Browns are going to win at least six games this year. Yeah. I wanted to say six or seven at the beginning of the year, but, you know, we had no idea, and being optimistic has killed me in the past, so I was just going to be realistic. So, it, five. It, look, a lot can happen from now till the end of the year. A lot of good, a lot of bad. But it certainly looks like next year the Browns will legitimately be ready to step up and be a playoff contender. Speaking of bad, um, not quite as bad. Speaking of bad, no, don't, don't say li- no, no, no. Below average. No, no. I'm not listening to this. The special team still sucks. The <laughs> they lo- do. The long snapper had a goddamn holding penalty. The <laughs> long, the, the guy that just snaps the ball and stands there for a second had a holding penalty. It's a block too. Okay, Graham. When's the last time you saw a hold on the long snapper? Never. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm not going to go on a rant about it. I will say this. Uh, Peppers was better. Yeah, he actually was returning like 10, 12 yards a punt. He yeah. was he. He didn't fair catch the ball at the five yard. Last line. week we said that he should never be a returner again. This week he was not a bad returner. And who knows if they might have him be a little bit less this week. They have uh, Hilliard coming up from the practice squad. You liked him a lot coming out of uh, out of training camp. So hope we brought him up. He's going to be on special teams. He's not going to play offense just because we already have three backs. But he could be a, maybe factoring in the kick return game if they just clearly they're f- just refusing to use Duke Johnson in that role. Which yeah. is, if they're going to do that, maybe use Hilliard just so... Because Peppers had a good game on defense, and you don't want to yep. get him hurt. Look, Peppers, before this week's game, kind of criticized Browns fans. He called him wishy-washy and said that they don't like him because he's from Michigan. And he stepped up this week. You know, Browns fans basically said, like, look, play better, and we won't criticize you anymore. And I think, you know, 
this is a dangerous game to play for Jabril Peppers. Like Braylon Edwards back in the day. Braylon Edwards basically said. I was going to say that. Yeah. Braylon <laughs> Edwards said, Browns fans hate me because I'm from Michigan. No, no it was because it was because you led the NFL in drops. <laughs> Browns fans didn't have a problem with Jabril Peppers because he's from Michigan. They had a problem with him because he's a first-round draft pick that hasn't played well. But and he played well this past week. He stepped up this week. That's all you had to do. You know, I don't think any player ever has anything to gain by criticizing fans in that sense. But he played well. I really don't care Good if you're him. from Michigan as an Ohio State fan, as long as you're not a jerk. And that's really from anywhere. But if you yeah. end up being a jerk and then you flame out, I will add that you were from Michigan when I criticize you. There you go. But Jabril Peppers yeah. has not done that. I liked him coming out of the draft. I thought it was a good pick by the Browns. Maybe it was a little early, but he's performed pretty well for the most part of this season. Last week against the Raiders, zero tackles. This week, much better. Was was even doing well in coverage, being able to help the cornerbacks when they needed it on cover two and being able to come up into the box and make tackles, guarding tight ends. It's it's nice to see him play well. Najoku had a couple nice plays to set up their touchdown pass. So a lot of the young guys are really starting to play well, and... That's kind of the theme in general for the Browns, is it not? Yeah. A lot of young guys are starting to play really well. And they're going to have another big test this coming up week against the Chargers. Dude, that stadium's going to be bonkers. Yeah, you're going, aren't you? Yeah, I am going. I'm attending my first Browns game in years. Um, That's going to be the biggest test for the offensive line, in my opinion. Shout out to my girlfriend, Jerrica. Her One of her friends has season tickets and gave us second row tickets in the end zone uh, for 60 bucks, which you're, is insane. You're going to get to watch maybe the best defensive line the Browns have faced this year, especially if Joey Bosa comes back. You'll have Joey oh, Bosa God, and Melvin no, Ingram. Please not Joey Bosa. Please not Joey Bosa. Melvin Ingram's been playing well. You'll yep. be facing Derwin James, the rookie safety that's we talked about was in the rookie of the year discussion. You have a lot of good linebackers there. The offense led by the GOAT, Phillip Rivers. Not really. Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers is a good quarterback. Keenan Allen, A Mike good Williams, quarterback with a Melvin whole Gordon. bunch of kids. Yep, Eight. I thought it was nine. Oh, did he have a ninth kid? I don't know. Whatever he it is. He has a lot of He's kids. He's got a lot of kids. But regardless, this. When's the last time the Browns won a home game before this season? 2016, Christmas Eve at home against the Chargers. And here they come again. This time they're a better team, but West Coast so teams. The Chargers. West, West Coast teams coming east have a historically bad track record. The Browns have a chance to win another game. Yeah. Plus, I mean, again, the Browns are not a bad team anymore. No, we're it's not going to be a push. If the Browns game. win this game, Browns fans are going to be going absolutely nuts. Plus, that would keep their undefeated streak at home going. Two zero and one at home so far. Not bad. Hey, you're protecting your home field. Not bad. And you've lost a couple close road games against potential one against potential. I think this will be like you said. This will be a big uh, a big test for the Browns' offensive line because the Chargers' defensive line in front is really good. It'll mm-hmm. also be another test for. The Browns' defense, because Phillip Rivers is – he's kind of a similar quarterback to Flacco, and he's kind of slow-footed, but he's got a big arm. But he's but way more accurate. I was going to say <laughs> yes, but he's much more accurate, and he probably has better weapons. But for the Browns' offense, they don't – the San Diego – or it's not San Diego, Los Angeles. I'm so used to calling the San Diego Chargers. Yeah, it's just ingrained. Uh, the Chargers do not have good cornerbacks right now. Jason Verrett's out for the year. They've lost uh, – Casey, Casey Hayward hasn't played that well this year. They have a chance to maybe throw the ball on this team. I'm going to go out on a limb big. and say this is not going to be another 12-9 game or whatever No, it it's they're at least going to get in the 20s, both teams. This should be a relatively high-scoring game. Because the Chargers have too good of an offense for the Browns to stop consistently. Yep. And the same for the Chargers. The yep. Browns have a good enough offense, especially with our, if we keep our running game going. We can maybe that'll be the key to this game, holding the Chargers off the field as much as possible what do you, what in do you, our defense. What do you think the betting line for this game is? Did you see would, it or no? No, I didn't. What do you or think it is? I heard it, but I don't remember it. Chargers I would say the Chargers, it's probably Chargers by 
two. Yeah, it's Chargers by two and a half. Yeah. If you told me before the year that the Chargers, who are considered a definite playoff contender, will only be favored by two points in Cleveland, I would say, damn, the Browns must be doing something right. We'll see what they play like this week. Should be a good game again. The disrespect. The, sta- the stadium will be completely nuts. Um, hopefully I make it out alive. I'll let you know. Uh, Get yourself some Bud Lights on your way yeah. out. Uh, there was also a Red and Blue podcast that just posted yesterday. Yes. That's Graham and Olam uh, going over some Premier League top teams, especially Man City and Man U. Check, yeah, Olam, check that really, out. Olam really got uh, really talked about Man U yesterday because of all the issues they've been having recently. Yeah, I'm so. sure that was a fun rant. i got to listen to yeah, that one. Yeah, it'll be gr- it's, it was, it's a good listen. Yep. Make sure you listen to that. Make sure you listen to uh, Tree City Radio and the Life So Dope podcast. Also, check out Slanted Spines. Yes. Um, Shout out Slanted Spines. Our friend Brittany's podcast. Yep. Uh, or her new, blog as well, yeah. Yeah, new music coming out from a lot of the Tree City members. Um, you can follow Andrew on Twitter at a Baker Sports. You can follow a Baker underscore Sports. sports. Let's let, come on. Let's talk about the important things. Underscore. underscore. Let's not right. underscore that. Ah, underscore. there you go. And I'm gonna end it now by saying you can follow me yeah. at GT Moen, G T M O H A N. We'll talk to you next next week. Let's see if the Browns can uh, get another win and truly send this city crazy. Let's go, cardiac kids. Peace.